0: Would you please go to your Bibles, and I would like us to look at a scripture in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. This is what William F. Harley said. There are no great men or women, only great challenges that ordinary men and women are forced to by circumstances, to meet. And he says, I think of Shakespeare's famous work. Some are born great, some achieve greatness, some have greatness thrust upon them. That pathway is set for each and every one of us. But there is a pathway that must Be walked to achieve that end of greatness in whatever form you define greatness to be. And so this morning I want to speak to us about the dreaded word called patience. And it's amazing, just as I used the word patience, there was all kinds of responses in your body language. I've entitled this message, When Time Seems to Stand Still. And it is something that every one of us can actually relate to. Jenny and I, we were on our way to Zurich yesterday. Um, we wanted to go and buy something that we could only find in a particular store in Zurich. So Jenny asked if I would drive her to Zurich. And I said, Out of All of my love in my heart, my babes, I'd be glad to drive you. And so we started off to Zurich. When we were in our apartment, it said 25 minutes. When I put it onto Google Maps, it said something like 45 minutes. When we arrived at our destination at the shopping centre, it was like an hour and something later. And I realized, and I know what I prepared, and so I had to practice what I'm preaching today in the car, and I tried to do it very well without Jenny knowing what I'm talking about. And I would like to ask Jenny, what score my, my deepest love would you give me <laughs> <laughs> out of 10 for my patience yesterday? There we go. 11 out of 10. Thank you, my love. My deepest love. (laughs) But I have to say that I fail that test more often than not. The test of patience. And yet it is a divine principle of God that he has set in place. It is that part that even when we try and sidestep it, any other pathway always leads back to the path of patience. Because God will never allow us to go beyond that place of maturity that only comes through patience. Now, how would you define the word patience, I came across a wonderful definition of patience, which basically says this. Patience is the will to wait. Patience is the will to wait. And not only do we need to have the will to wait to achieve, God's definition of greatness within our lives. But that will comes in the form of a gift that God gifts to us. Because patience is a part of the gift, or should I say, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit is a gift that God gives us. We cannot earn the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's given to us. And when the Holy Spirit lives in us, a part of the gift that comes to us is that of patience. Aren't you glad that we don't have to achieve patience on our own? God divinely infuses us with the gift. patience. So it is possible to be a patient person if we have faith in God. And so this is what the scripture says as we look at Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. We do not want you to become lazy as the Hebrew writer speaks to the Hebrew people. But to imitate those who through, can you mention that word? Through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. And I love it that the Hebrew writer, it could have been Paul, would say that we inherit the promise firstly through faith that is that gift that God gives us. It is that ability that God gives us. It's not our own ability. It is something that God works through us that's his to achieve the promises that God has for us. And so he says, you achieve this through faith and patience to inherit what has been promised But patience is the will to wait. There's a wonderful example in Scripture, and as I was studying, I was looking at the Word of God, and there's so many outstanding examples of people who inherited the promise that God had for them through faith. And I went to one person who I think is the greatest prototype of Jesus, who gives Jesus the most credit within his life. And it is King. No, sorry, I mean, it is actually, I want to go to Joseph. Joseph in the Old Testament. And um, for those of you who are not afili- uh, uh, familiar with the Word of God, uh, uh, Joseph is, is one of the men that was born um, from Jacob and Rachel. He was one of 12 children. As a matter of fact, he had 10 half-brothers, and um, he had one full brother and one half-sister. So it was a very interesting family that Joseph was born into. He was actually Rachel's firstborn and Jacob's 11 sons. So you can understand how this family was put together, very much like some of our families. But the Bible says that his father loved him more than any of the others and gave him a colored coat. The brothers were jealous of him, and they sold him into slavery. He was taken to Egypt and eventually became steward to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials. One of Joseph's greatest gifts was the ability to dream and to interpret dreams. It was a wonderful gift that God had entrusted to Joseph. He was a very gifted man with a spiritual awareness. And he lived his life in such a way that he displayed God's goodness to people that he came in contact with. However, his very strength. That, to interpret dreams, got him into trouble. How many of you have great strengths, and it's not your weaknesses that get you into trouble, it is actually your strengths. Can you agree with that? And many of us who are people's people, we love people, but it's that thing that gets us into trouble. And it's just very, very similar with Joseph here. But Joseph had a dream that God gave him that he would one day rule over his brothers and In his ignorance, Joseph goes to his brothers, and he tells them about this dream. Jealousy rose up within them, and they sought to kill him. His own brother, Reuben, tried to protect him, but eventually he got sold instead of being killed. And for 12 long years, Joseph was in a foreign land, in and out of prison, promises made to him but just not to be carried through with him. He was ambushed. He experienced horrible situations within his life. And my friends, what was happening was that over the period of 12 years where God says, this is what you would be in the beginning, to the fulfillment of that promise where he was second in charge of Egypt, to Pharaoh, there was a period of, of patience within his life where he had to discover and nurture and work out this quality, the will to wait. My friends, it is the hardest thing when God has promised you something and it doesn't quite arrive. We've lived now for nine years in this wonderful country that I just love. A person asked me just a few days ago, um, what do you think about Switzerland? And I love it when they ask me the question, and it was a Swiss person. And I said to them, I love this country and its people. And then he asked me another very interesting question. He said, if it wasn't for Lyft Church, would you still love Switzerland? Cool question to ask. This person was pretty sharp. He's not a part of our church. And I said, I love the Swiss people. God has put a life in my heart for them. He said, do you think you could retire here? I said, naturally not, but supernaturally, yes. (laughs) But the one lesson that God is still teaching me for nine years being here in Switzerland is the lesson of patience. And we have learned within the church that the way you lead this church is by being patient. Because when you are being patient, The fruit of the Holy Spirit works through you because patience is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit does a work that we in our natural selves cannot do. And God comes and he amazes us and also surprises us to do things that we never thought possible. It's a work of God when we submit ourselves to the process of having a wall to wait. To being patient. We give God a place to work. God's playground is the playground of patience. That's if you want to find God anywhere, become patient. He is right there. Some of you may say, well, I just, I can't find God. Well, sit back and just say, God, where are you to be found? God would say, be patient and you will see me work. And we see this in the life of Joseph, from beginning to end. Just the moment when Joseph was about to make plans, to manipulate circumstances, to find what he wanted, we see an event happens in his life where he is put into place where he had to sit back and where he could do nothing about the situation. And God had to start to work. Sat with someone in the church just on Friday. And we were talking through some major decisions that he needs to make. Which a wonderful, wonderful man, this. And I admire who loves God supremely. And it was a different, you know, it was like, should I do this? Should I do that? This isn't wrong. That is wrong. But what it is? The better way. And, and I've learned that when we're in a place where we don't know which is right, we just need to say, God, show me the better way. And nine out of 10 times, the better way is the way of patience. And after we talked through it and after he came up with answers and I had a few answers, our conclusion was what he should do is to be patient and to trust God in that situation to work things out. It's the hardest thing. It was easier for me to give him that advice than for me to take it for myself. And that's how oftentimes it is. And this man has so much of God within his life, filled with the Spirit of God, that he said, I think that is the right path to follow. It is... Indeed, the better way. Again in Switzerland, Jenny and my experience is this. That although things have been tough to relocate here, and it's almost 10 years now, we have been patient in so many areas. And just when I think I've graduated from not being patient anymore, to be on top and not at the bottom, God says, no, no, the next pathway is... More patience. Why? Because God knows I suck at controlling things. And the moment we stop being patient, that's when we take the steering wheel. That's when we go into a certain way. And my friends, God just says, Well, okay, if you want to take the steering wheel, go ahead. I will climb out of the car for a little while. I will wait for, no, not up there. I will wait for down here. Because that's normally what happens. We mess up. We've got to go back where we made the area error. And God is just waiting there for us graciously. And he says, come, let's try again. My friends, this is what we see in Joseph's life in such an amazing way. And so I want to look at just... A few things that characterizes the walk of patience. What happens when we wait? And the first thing that oftentimes happens when we wait, we will feel all alone. Our attitude is that no one... Is with me in this. No one actually understands what I'm going through. Um, I'm alone. And there's wonderful expressions in all languages. But the Afrikaners have a wonderful phrase. They say, stil alien. That means you are just alone, alone, altogether. No one is there. And Joseph felt exactly that way. We see in Genesis 37 verses 21 and 22, when Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue Joseph from their hands. Let not take his life, he said. Don't shed his blood. Throw him into the system here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and to take him back to his father. My friends, just when we feel We are alone. What you need to realize is that you are never forsaken by God. Terrible period in Joseph's life. I think he was something like 17 when this happened to him. Thrown into a pit by his own brothers. Left to die. He was all alone. But Reuben was there. I think it was his older brother. (laughs) My friends, we have an older brother whose name is Jesus. When you feel all alone, Jesus is there and he says, do not lay a hand on him. I will come. I will rescue him and I will present him My father, what a wonderful picture of Jesus's intervention when we are thrust into the pathway of having to wait, my friends. In that place of aloneness, in that place of waiting, Jesus is there and he can be found. While waiting, you will be tempted. (laughs) Patience is not a place where you are nicely knitted into a place and there are no bad things that come to you. As a matter of fact, in the place of patience, you will be tempted. To work out your own end, by yourself through your own means. And that's where you and I fall the furthest, because we have resources, we have means, and it is easier for us to work out our end than maybe for some others. But Joseph, in that place, was tempted. And you'll remember what happens. He is taken out of the pit. He is sold into slavery. And we find that he ends up in Egypt. And um, he gains favor with his master. And he works within his master's courts. And she has a wife. The Bible says that Joseph was good-looking, like all of the men in our church. And... um, The ladies were after Joseph, and Potiphar's wife (coughs) grabbed a hold of Joseph, and he was in a place where he could be tempted. She promised him all kinds of things, and that's always what happens with temptation. We are promised instant success and instant satisfaction. David would have success. He would experience satisfaction, but he had to be patient before he receives. That temptation cuts in on that journey. And temptation says, you could have it now. We looked at the temptations of Jesus. That's the way the devil worked with Jesus. Why should he not do the same with you and I? But Joseph knew. The promises of God. He started to know the God he served. And the Bible says that he said no to Potiphar's wife several times. And then one day she tried to grab him. And men and women, when someone tries to grab you, you just got to do what Joseph did. What did he do? He ran. You don't negotiate with temptation. The moment you negotiate with temptation is when well, you caught already. You run. Gra- she grabbed him by the cloak, tore it off, he ran. And he paid a huge price for choosing the pathway of patience because he was put into prison again. My friends, you will be tempted to compromise. But God will, in that place of temptation, when you're being patient, he will provide a way of escape. And he did that with Joseph. You see, thirdly, while waiting, you will feel imprisoned. He was put back into prison. And sometimes you would be tempted to break out of prison through your own means to break free. Have you ever heard that expression, I want to break free? That song, do you remember that song? I want to break free. And you know, so often here in Switzerland, because we are given to regulations that are good regulations, I find out that we want to break free. Isn't it a wonderful feeling as you travel to Italy and you go (laughs) through the customs, and the moment you through and you hit that tunnel, man, you just see Swiss cars.' To race past you, and I think most of them are internationals. I don't think so. Someone said to me, "No, they're Swiss people too, a Swiss man. And they race, Why? Because you want to break free. And man, the people go, and you say, "Well, and you put foot down and there you go. And you know, I put my car in R for racing." <laughs> and there we go and we're just, we're just, you go because you want to break free my friends we're on the pathway of patience we can't put the car in R. <laughs> there's a time for us to play, stay in that place of confinement but my friends when you're in prison because of your circumstances and because of the end that God has for you, I want you to know that God will be with you when you're in prison. You say, really? Yeah. This is a wonderful scripture in Genesis chapter 39, verses 20, 21. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, listen to this, the Lord was with him. (laughs) Isn't that wonderful? The Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Wow, prison is not that bad of a place when you're there because of God's design. I remember when we first came to Switzerland, there was aspects of imprisonment when we were here, because you learn all kinds of things. You've got to study the language. You're you're here year by year, we were we were on a a a, a, a very limited permit. And so for was it for seven years, because of us being on a religious visa. We only had a year-long permit, and you never knew whether they would send us home. We felt like we were in prison. And then on Facebook, I would see all of my friends. I would see to them, it looked like that they experienced a life without restriction. Have you ever sat on Facebook and you say, man, I wish I could have been them," But you actually don't see the other side that they're in. I remember going through that for a while. But while we were confined in that tight box, I had never in the 50 years that I've served God experienced more of his goodness and his kindness and his love. I don't think I've ever grown more within my Christian walk. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but that's what I remember. And I've grown in Jesus and, and had a greater love for Jesus. Why? Because God is with us here. You don't want to go anywhere where God theoretically is not with you. (laughs) It's not worth it. Be where God wants you to be. My friends, the path of patience ensures that God's presence is with you. Don't run ahead. Don't make your own plans to break out of prison. Best place is to be where God is. While waiting, hopefully you'll be forgotten. (laughs) And that's that is the hardest thing for us when we feel that we're forgotten. But what you need to realize. When you're on the road of patience, you won't be forgotten for too long because you will be remembered. Because what happens here is this in Genesis 40 verses 14 and 15. It says, but when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, Joseph says. And even here, I have done nothing to be to deserve being put in a dungeon. Don't you like that? I just don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. Then he goes on and he says, in Genesis 40 verse 23, the cupbearer that he was talking to, however, did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. It was because of Joseph that the cupbearer was released from prison. (laughs) Because of Joseph. And Joseph just says, would you remember me? But then after two years in Genesis 41, verse 9, the scripture says, Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I am reminded of my shortcomings. And he remembers Joseph, speaks to Potiphar, and Joseph is called upon to interpret the dreams that were dreamed, that no one else could interpret. My friends. You may feel that everybody has forgotten you. But my friends, God hasn't. While waiting, your patience will be rewarded. But only in God's time. If you're going to do it God's way, You've got to wait for his timing. Genesis chapter 41 tells us that Pharaoh asked him, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom the spirit of God is? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. He interpreted Pharaoh's dreams. My friends, your patience will be rewarded. But in God's time, and then as I close off, While you're waiting, I want you to know that God is working. Remember that song that we sometimes sing. While we are waiting, God is working. He's working to do things that only he can do. He's arranging the furniture as it were. While we are waiting, God is working. My friends... Redemption is ultimately God's plan for you. Redemption. Oftentimes, patience has to do with other people, that God is working in their lives, and sometimes he slows you down for their sake. Sometimes husband and wives collide because the agendas aren't the same. Wives or husbands sometimes God is slowing you down because he loves your spouse as much as he loves you. Amen. It is incredibly important to realize this. Sometimes we're on our own journey and God says, slow down because I have a plan for your wife. It's never just about you. It's about someone else. My friends, parents, sometimes God is slowing you down for the sake of your children. Slowing you down. And children, there are times when God is slowing you down so that He can work in your parents' lives. God's ultimate plan always revolves around redemption. Listen to what the scripture says, and then we're going to stand. Genesis 45. Verses 5 to 8 says this. And now, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Of course, we know the story. Joseph's brothers and his father is returned to Egypt. There's famine in all of the countries, but Joseph is over the whole of Egypt. And they prepared for seven years, plenty, plenty to give to other nations, and Joseph is in charge of all of this, isn't this incredible? Pharaoh says, bring your family here, so the family comes, and they don't know that Jesus is still alive, and he reveals himself to them, and he says, and now do not be distressed, and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives, that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping, but God sent me ahead of you to preserve you as a remnant on the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. My friends, the end testimony of your life ought to be, God sent me here, and it is only as we follow the way of patience. God did all this through Joseph so that the Hebrew people could have a future. (laughs) Many, many generations down the road, the Hebrew people and us, Jesus, came through the Jewish nation. All of us need to say, Joseph sacrificed his life for us. redemptive purposes of God. My friend, you may feel imprisoned today because of your circumstances. But God wants you to know that there is a much bigger picture that you're involved in. It's not just you, but it is for the sake of others as well. So let's follow this way. Would you stand, please?